Who shall say a thing and it will come to pass when the Lord has not said it? <laughs> you know the beautiful thing about the grace we carry? It doesn't just cover us, it covers our loved ones. It doesn't matter if she's a Muslim. If God says that you and yours are protected, it's final. <laughs> I got 
Father woke up this morning and he was feeling heavily. As I started praying, God, let this rain stop so that people can come and be blessed. And then when I brought it to the bathroom to take my bath, I checked my prayer point. I said, no, the problem is not the rain. I said, Father, for everyone that will dare this rain and get to church this morning, Lord, watch them specially. That was what I said. For everyone that will dare this rain and get to church this morning, let them not just go like that. I want you to be open to the fear of God this morning. Allow him to touch you. You want to lift your hands wherever you are and say, In the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of death. In the name of Jesus, around me, around my family.
and not get too comfortable in the chair because I want us to stand up quickly and preach. Matthew chapter 11 verse 12. Matthew chapter 11 verse 12. Someone should read for me. Matthew 11. Just stop. Ah, you have a mic. Okay, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Reading from the King James Version. Matthew 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violence take it by force. Is that a common passage that we are used to? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. We spent a better part of the last two months discussing unrest. Discussing unrest. And maybe by way of summary, our prayers today will be centered around taking our rest by force. Ah. <laughs> We've looked at many parts of it. We've understood the concept of rest, what the Lord's rest means, its implication for us. We've gone a step further to say, how do we enter into this rest? We've even gone beyond that. We've said, how do we sustain this rest? There's been a lot of teachings around rest. But, sir, you know something I discovered? God can freely be given rest to a people. You know, we established the fact that this rest is free available. Right? It's freely available. God made it free. It's there. From the very first day, we said there's a portal of rest. I said, but I understood that God and give rest to a people and yet they refuse to take it. <laughs> the prophets cried in Isaiah chapter 28, 11 and 12. He says, For with stammering lips and an unknown tongue will he speak to this people to whom he has said, This is the rest and this is the refreshing. This is the rest. And this is the refreshing. This is how you enter this rest. This is how you find this rest. This is where this rest is located. And this is how you can be refreshed. But you know the verdict. He says that they will not hear. Come. Come. The Bible told us in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He says now unto him. Who is able to do what? Who is able to do what in your life? Who is able to do what? And then again, he's also able to know how again. Abundantly. And if we can go a step further, he's able to also do what? Above whatever. That you can do what? Even the one you are thinking, he can do it. But hold on. As beautiful as this 
150 of God, the sound. But possibilities that we can click from it, but possibilities that can manifest for you is tied to something. It says according to the power that works in you. Hey. Can you say to your neighbor, take it by force? No, 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 you are not speaking like a force man. Slap that person, say, take it by force. The abilities of God is tied to the power that you allow to work in you. Ah. Let me, let me, let me switch to engineering a little. You know, there is difference between force and power. Is the capacity, the ability to do work, to make a change, to cause a displacement. It is a capacity. Hello? When we talk about power at work, power is obtained when force has been engaged to cause a displacement over a unit time. Okay. Let's come down a little. Is when force has been engaged enough to produce a change. Is that fair enough? So it means that the point where you get to draw the capabilities of God into your situation is when you engage the force, the capability, the capacity in you. When you put that capacity to work, then you begin to need power. How do I explain this? You know, ability and capacity is in measures. Hello? So when we talk about force, I could apply a little force and I move this chair, right? I go to this speaker, I apply the same measure of force and the speaker doesn't move. If I add a little more, this speaker will move. And then I come to the wall. I have received so much power and charge from today's service. Let us push this issue. And then I push the wall. I add the power I used to move the chair and the one I used to move the speaker. I add all of them and the world does not move. And then I go back and I conclude that this is an impossible situation. I conclude that this world is unmovable. Hello? By all intents and purposes, this world is unmovable. And I will go and probably preach to people. See, you see, God can do this one, God can do this, but when it comes to this matter, Let's face reality. This world cannot move. The problem is not the world. The problem is that I have not developed enough capacity to move this world. When I meet another believer with the bulldozer capacity and he's able to lock down this world, the next thing you see some believers begin to be, this one is juju. 
<laughs> so the fact that you pray, oh, when I was when I lost my phone, I just prayed once and the phone came back. When I was looking for admission, I just prayed two times and it came back. How is it that we have been praying for Nigeria for three years, five years, and nothing is happening? How is it that I have been praying for my husband for five years and nothing is changing? Maybe God cannot do this one. Maybe God is not interested in doing this one. No. He says, according to the power. Is someone ready to pray this morning? He says, take it by force. The capacity to move that situation. It's available this one. <laughs> I find that a man can limit God by limiting his capacity. Hello? If the abilities of God is tied to what I allow him manifest through me, in me, then if I choose not to allow him manifest in me first, then as limitless as God is, I end up limiting him in my own situation. I saw that somewhere. Psalms chapter 78 verse 41. Let's read. Psalms chapter 78 verse 41. Is someone there? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 78, verse 41 mm -hmm. of the James Version. Mm -hmm. Yea, they turned back and tempted God mm -hmm. and limited the Holy One of Israel. They turned back and tempted God. He was speaking about the Israelites. As at the time when they were supposed to be taking the land of Canaan, some people said no. This one is immovable. This one is too big for God. Can we not find another way around this? And so they turn back. And the Bible says that in turning, they limited God. The very next time someone, an unbeliever, says that maybe your God is not powerful enough, you should maybe check your life and see that. How am I limiting God? Hello? There is absolute. We sang it this morning. Eh? What he cannot do, it doesn't exist. But how is it that I have not seen it? Can you slap your neck again? Say, take it by force. It's not a very comfortable message. Hello? We, we are happy to hear that God can do everything for us and all we need to do is to relax. There are places, there are areas where that is applicable. But not in the matter of destiny. Jesus himself gave a parable in Luke chapter 18, right? Huh? Luke chapter 18. He gave a parable. He says there was a church in the city that respected neither God nor man. He says there was a woman in that same city that understood the power of force 
And every day this woman will walk up to the judge and say, you must give me justice. And the judge will say, I don't respect God, neither do I respect you. Can you leave my office? And the woman said, no problem. If you don't answer me today, you answer me tomorrow, I'm coming back. And she kept coming. And the Bible said that one day this judge said to himself, even though I do not respect God, and I don't respect man, yet, when I see the principle of force at play, it's only a matter of time. Every situation would give it. Before we jump into the prayers now, let me take a small step back because I also like to teach as well as to preach so that we understand the kind of force we are talking about. Hello? Hello? You know, someone has used this scripture we read to slap somebody one day. And they were having an argument. He was a pastor. He got angry. Slap. Ah, pastor, why, why are you getting violent? He said, what do you mean? From the days of John the Baptist. See, now. <laughs> so that I don't create people like that this morning. I want to take a little step back. Because I also asked God. We start defining this subject of force. You know, it is it is similar to what uh, uh, Paul would say: labor to enter into the rest. When we say take your rest by force, it's a similar statement. What manner of labor, what manner of force are we expected to apply? And he began to define it. I don't know how much time will allow us, but we will pray and we will proceed as much as we can go. Now he said the F for force, like we have discussed a lot of time throughout this session, stands for faith. The F for force, it stands for faith. is a currency in the spirit that purchases possibilities. Faith is a force on its own. Hello? Hello? In Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7, from verse 2, someone came to Jesus and said to him, there is this centurion man. He is a very good man. He is a good man. He built a synagogue for us. And now his servant is sick. The Bible said that the servant was sick unto death. He says, Come. He has requested that you come to pray for him. And we know the story. Jesus started going to his house. And suddenly this man sent a word. And said, I understand how this thing works. I am a man that utilizes authority too. I can send 
my servant, go. And he goes, I can say to this one, come, he comes. I don't need to drag you. I don't need to drag you all the way to my house for my servant to receive healing. All you need to do is to say a word. Just say a word. And I'm sure my servant is fine. Do you realize that in all the accounts of that story, there was no place Jesus said, wow, it is well with your servant. Was there any place you saw that Jesus prayed for that servant in your Bible? Huh? Like these people, they don't still. <laughs> there was no account of that story that Jesus prayed for the servant. Jesus simply turned and said, Wow, I have not found this kind of faith, not in Israel. Jesus found faith. And he said, with this kind of faith, he's right. I don't even need to get there. And he turned back. And the Bible recorded that in that very hour. Sometimes, your faith is in the works. Hey, let him just say, let him just come and pray. You know, by the time I listen to the English he used, and the volume of thoughts he speaks over my matter. Then it can build my faith. This man said, Jesus, just speak a word. So even if at that moment it was just cough, like Jesus coughed. Whatever came out from the mouth of Jesus will produce healing. There was a same thing that happened with the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if only I can touch. Hey, there were lots of people that day. Some of them were even hugging Jesus. Oh man of God, you came to town. But one woman said, Let me just make it there and touch. If the devil takes everything from you and does not take your faith, you will still make it. But if he leaves everything with you and takes your faith, you are finished. And that is why Jesus prayed for Peter in Luke chapter 22, 31 and 32. And that is the first prayer point we are going to make this morning. You know the Bible has said, Behold, I come quickly, Revelation 11 verse 3, and my reward is with me. He says, Hold fast to what you have, and let no man take what? Take what? Your crown. I've said it a number of times. He did not say, Let no man take your life. If your crown is intact, <laughs> your life is not as important as the crown. And so Jesus prayed for Peter in Luke 11, 31 and 32. He said to him, The devil desires to sift you like wheat. Now when we listen to that statement, we feel like the devil wants to make Peter a government. The devil wants to deal with Peter's finances. Maybe the devil wants to attack his mother-in-law again so that this time around she will die. Maybe, what is it that the devil desired to do to Peter? We don't know exactly, but we can have an idea from the prayer of Jesus. And Jesus said, but I have prayed for you. So that what will happen? So that your faith will not fail. 
more than ever before, there's so much attack on faith. Now, people want to give you reasons why your God is not functional. People want to give you reasons why what you're doing here is a waste of time. And that is why daily, more and more people begin to step back and they begin to get cold. Not because, not because they have lost interest per se, but something is happening to the faith. A lot of times now when you check social media, you see articles like uh, the religion we're doing was handed to us by slave traders. You, you've been seeing that, right? Slave masters, they were saying, how can people that enslaved you point you to Jesus? There are lots of things like that. It has nothing to do with your finances. It has nothing to do with your health. It has nothing to do with your job, whatever. The target is the faith. Once the faith fails, every other thing follows suit. And you want to start your faith this morning. And grab the hand of someone. We want to pray that prayer. Jesus prayed for Peter. Say, look, whatever happens, my sister's faith will not fail. Whatever happens, my brother's faith will not fail. In this generation, with all the evil things going on, my brother's faith will not fail. My sister's faith will not fail. Do you want to hold someone's hand and pray this morning?
In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Let's see now. We we'll still pray again. The O in force stands for obedience. Hello? Obedience itself is a force. The Bible said of Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 that by faith when Abraham was summoned to sojourn to another country of where he had no previous experience he didn't know anybody there, no father, no mother he didn't even know what he was expecting there he says by faith he obeyed He became the father. Hey. You know, there's a lot of things that we can teach about sacrifice. Hello? The entire universe runs on the principle of seed time and harvest. The Bible says as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. When it comes to giving, it says, give, and it shall be given unto you. When it comes to love, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Go beyond that, even love your enemy. There is a lot that we can teach on sacrifice. There is a lot of benefits sacrifice can bring. In relationships, we teach that, see, to keep two people in unity, a lot of sacrifice has to go on. Hello? But then the Bible comes somewhere and gives us a summary. It says, obedience is even better than sacrifice. <laughs> it means that whatever sacrifice can give you, obedience will give you and even more. <laughs> and having a readiness to punish Every disobedience, when your obedience is fulfilled. I don't want to take too much time, I want to run. Ah! Righteousness. Tell your neighbor, righteousness is a force. Tell your neighbor, righteousness is a force. You understand what you say. Tell your neighbor again, righteousness is a force. Maybe you don't understand how forceful righteousness is. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 14, verse 24, that righteousness alone has the ability to exalt who? A nation. I You may have the power to exalt an individual. 
promote someone in the office, you may even be strong enough to promote the family. Eh? You may even be rich enough to get into a city. Or let's, let's, use, let's start with the village because I don't even know how many people that can help the city. You can get a community. You can get into a community. Oh, you guys don't have pipe or water. I'm going to handle pipe or water in this community. But I've not seen one man that is able to exalt a nation. He says righteousness exalts a nation. In Genesis chapter 18, God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He had made up his mind. God himself had made up his mind. He has decided, I will I'm tired, I will destroy these people. And as he passed by the house of Abraham, Abraham understood that righteousness is a force. And he said, God, let me apply this force now. Even though you have made up your mind on this matter, what if we can give you 50 righteous people in this city? Will you still go ahead? And God said, Pah. I want to destroy. But if you give me 50, I will pause. Abraham understood that righteousness is more powerful. 50 righteous people is too much for this thing I'm asking for. He kept going down till he got to bed. He said, God, if I find 10 righteous people, I give you, is it still not powerful enough to save this nation? And God said, even 10 righteous people is powerful enough to save Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm sure Abraham stopped there because he had calculated that Lot has a wife. Two. They have children. The children are married. And they have given birth to their own children, probably. There is no way. Let's even remove the children, the servants in Lot's house. If Lot is commanding his household, you are commanding mine. There is no way he will not have 10 people in his house. So let's go. go. Unfortunately, God got to Sodom. And Lot was not commanding his family. He could not even command his son-in-laws to follow him. Is it possible that some of the things that have been going wrong lies in our inability to utilize the force of righteousness? Is it possible that the destructions that we have been complaining about we are part of the causes? Because from the perspective of history, I can look at Lord right now and point to him and say, you are the reason why Sodom was destroyed. You know, Lord looked like a victim in the story. They had to bring him around, run, run. Don't look back, be running. He would have been crying, crying. Now, so my life be. See how 
Everything I've worked for, everything I've gathered, the houses I've built, I've lost everything. He looked like a victim. But from the perspective of history, we see that Lot was one of the problems. Not because he was not righteous, but because he was not commanding others to be righteous. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody now. God has been laying it on your heart. Evangelism, evangelism. You have been saying, let me just face my race with God. Let me, let me just do, please, I don't want distractions. Maybe this morning is a reminder that you must also command others to be righteous. Can you tell your name again? Righteousness is a force. So if there was a church like this in Sodom and Gomorrah, and there were 10 members of that church that were righteous, it means Sodom and Gomorrah would have been saved. Hmm. In one minute you want to pray for yourself. The Lord. me to a point again where I am conscious. I am conscious that I must do the right things. That's the what it simply means. That's the simple meaning. You know, there's these things they used to advise us that before you do anything, you say, what would Jesus do? That consciousness is dying. It's dying. Before you return that slap, God, can you remind me to do the right thing? Before I sign that check, before I sign that document, God, can you remind me to do the right thing? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Judges chapter 7, 20 to 22. Judges chapter 7, 20 to 22. We're rounding up. Can someone read for me? Sea stood for the cry. 
You know, when you take a walk through scripture, you will suddenly begin to realize that it's like there is so much power in the cry. In Joshua chapter 6, when the Israelites were faced with Jericho, the Bible said in verse 5, let me read verse 5. It says, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpets, it says, all the people shall do what? All the people shall do what? Shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. The story you read was when Gideon went to fight. God had called out an army of 32,000 to just 300 people. It looked as if the situation was already hopeless. And then God even went ahead to say, instead of carrying swords, you will hold a lamp on one hand and you hold trumpets on the other hand. And then you go to fight. So, in these people's head, they were going on a suicide mission. Because what else is remaining? You cut us down to 300. And then you are saying, don't go with any weapons, just carry lamp and trumpet. But the Bible recorded that when they got there, they broke the picture and they cried with a loud, they cried with a loud voice. And the Lord Himself set the hosts against themselves. Hmm. You know there was a prophecy. That Israel will come out of captivity after 400 years. But it was until long after that that the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 3 that the cry of Israelites came up to God. Hey. So it was possible that these men were suffering in silence. But they say, We can adapt. We can adapt. We can adjust. Shabi, they say we should make bricks. Don't worry, I will show you where you can source materials from. And they were sourcing materials. Until maybe one day, the source of the materials finished. And the Egyptians were whipping them. Make more bricks. And probably someone said, we are tired. Can we hold our hands together and pray to God? Because we don't have any other hope. we have been too adjusted to the situation that we feel crying is for little children permit me to tell you you are correct crying is for little children crying is for the helpless hello maybe that is why the cry is so powerful because it is it is the greatest sign of helplessness is crying now. No matter how much the mother wants to sit down and listen, she has to stand up and attend to him. Some of us, we are too busy. God, don't worry. My case is not that bad yet. Attend to the little children that are still crying. But maybe this morning, 
There is someone that wants to cry with the loud voice. I say, no. Enough is enough. Listen. Speaking of force, the first law of Newton says something. It says that an object will continue in a state of motion or at rest unless it is acted upon by a force. Your matter will remain as it is. No matter how much we hear here, if you do not apply some form of force on that matter, it will remain as it is. And maybe for someone this morning, it is a cry that you need. You want to cry out to the Lord this morning and say, Father, 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 this situation that has remained impossible up to now, by reason of your word today, let there be a change. By reason of my cry that is coming up to you this morning, let there be a change. Let there be a revolution in the spirit. Let there be a revolution in the spirit. Someone wants to cry. He says, call on to me, call on to me, call on to me, call on to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things, great and mighty things, great and mighty things, things that you did not know before now, things that you probably thought were impossible, I will show you great and mighty things, call on to me, call on to me, come and all separate us here. Somebody you want to cry for your family. You want to cry for the lost souls. Lord, these souls, these souls have remained unsaved till now. I am crying this morning. They will not die until they meet with you. For somebody you want to cry for your community. Ah, you have stopped traveling home because you feel your community is full of evil people. Now is an opportunity to cry. Lord, let your light shine in my community. Let your light shine in my village. Let your light shine in my village. Enough of the oppression of the enemy. Enough of the oppression of the wicked. For someone you want to cry about your spiritual life. Enough of one step forward, one step back. Enough of one step forward, one step back. I want to make consistent progress. Precious are the tears of the saints. 
precious before God. Hey, he says he knows his step father to put them in a bottle of remembrance. Those tears you are crying are not a waste. The cry is a force. It's a force that speaks. This morning we want to cry over the church of God. We want to cry over the church of God. A lot of evil has been going on in the church. Different stories, day in, day out. We are saying, Lord, enough is enough. Enough is enough. No longer shall your house be identified as the house of thieves. No longer shall your house be identified with evil, with idolatry. Lord, you will build your church. The gates of hell shall not prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Is somebody crying this morning? Why is it that we have churches and people are going to Babalawa for solution? Is it that there is no bomb in Tiret? Is there no bomb in Tiret? Then why is the roots of my daughter not here? Is there no bomb in Tiret? Is there no bomb in Tiret? Lord, let healing come to your church.
someone still wants to it's a morning of prayers. They that name it the name of the Lord should not rest. Neither should they give God rest. Until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of all the earth. Word 
earth. It means that the two items are mutually exclusive. What do I mean? If I say that when I come into church this morning, you will give me huh? the this mic with the red light or the one with the green light. It means that if you give me this one with the red light alone, you have fulfilled my request. Hello? It says above what we can ask or think. Many times we feel the only time we are making a prayer is when we are asking. Many times you think that it's only when you come to church and say, Lord, Nigeria will be good. Now that is when you are making a prayer. But as you step out from church, the power is gone to his feet. It's gone to you. There is nothing good remaining. It's just to look for way and jump back. As a man tainted in his heart, what happens? So it's Because the Bible said it in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 18. It says that the expectation of the righteous shall not be what? That thing sounds like good news, right? It sounds like good news. You say, Lord, the expectation of my life, my heart, it will not be cut off. And then you go and someone asks you, ha, ha, Ma, how is your husband doing? Is he like his best man? He's been. I don't think there's hope for his life again. And one demon goes to record it. Since the expectation of the righteous, it shall not be cut off. He carries it to God. Lord said that if a righteous person expects something, it will happen as expected. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or you know Jesus when he was telling the parable of the prodigal son. We find that at the place Jesus said that this man did not to expect even the food of his swine. And yet no man would give him. When your expectation becomes hinged on a man, what you receive is limited. What you receive is tied to the capacity one and the goodwill of the man. Let me take it a step further. In Luke 
chapter 16. Jesus told the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Now, Lazarus was a good Christian, a good believer. I mean, he was, he was so devout that when he went to heaven, he was sitting at the bosom of Abraham. I don't know, I don't know. Sorry. I don't know how much space that is on the laps of Abraham. Eh? How much space do you think is on the laps of Abraham? So how many people do you think would qualify to sit on the laps of Abraham? Lazarus was that devout a Christian that when he died, in fact the Bible told us that when he died it was angels that carried him to the bosom of Abraham. And yet, Lazarus died a wretched woman. I'm asking the question now of why some believers are poor. I'm asking the question now of why some believers are sick. I'm asking the question now of why you are calling on the name of God and yet things are not working. Tell your neighbor, expectation is a force. We see something, and maybe I want us to read that. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. I hope I'm in the right place. Oh, no. That was not the... Um, Yes, Luke chapter 16. Okay, I'm right. 20 and 21. Can someone read for us? Well, let me read it. Let me read it. See, I'm there now. From verse 20, it says, And there was a certain beggar. I want to now focus on the story of Lazarus. Because Lazarus is the believer here. The rich man was a non-believer. Lazarus is many of us in the church. And there was this a certain beggar named Lazarus who lay at his gate full of salt. Verse 21, can we read it together? Praise God. All the while Lazarus was alive, his desire, his prayer point was that crops will fall on unbelievers' table.
for surely, that's how the Bible puts it in Proverbs chapter 23. It says, for sure, if there's something that is sure, it is that the expectation of the righteous will not be cut out. So, as much as you want to say amen to that prayer, you want to realign your expectations this morning. And that will be where I will end it. Expectation is a force. If you wake up every day expecting good to happen to you, it may not happen the first day. But over time, you begin to attract good. If you wake up every day expecting bad to happen to you, it may also not happen the first day. But over time, you begin to attract bad things. Is someone ready to pray the final prayer? I now stressed you this morning. Why are you ready to pray? Just the last prayer. Lord, purify my thoughts. Purify my expectations. May I think in alignment with the cross. May I think in alignment with Christ. Shakupatali Brahatali Pradoshi. Lazarus could have desired to be the greatest evangelist of his time. Lazarus could have desired to be the man that will give to others. Lazarus could have desired to be a kingdom financier, but he spent his days desiring crops. The Lord Kibakupi Hatani Baros Sepotoski. May my heart be in alignment with yours. Because again, even if you desire riches and it's not in alignment with the heart of God. You are still wrong. Every day of my life, may my heart be in alignment with yours.